Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to So Here's the Thing. We have a really special guest back on the show, the one and only Catch Moyer. She is returned. I'm so excited. We had such a great conversation the first time around that I could not wait to have her back on. And the topic that we are diving into today is so exciting for me for many reasons, but I also just think it's like a really juicy topic that nobody talks about. And I am pumped to get her take on it because we all know if you heard the last episode with Kat, she is just an open book and that's what I love the most about her. So we are going to be talking all about pitching yourself as a speaker. And this is a really funny timing. I was just telling Kat because I know that she's currently in the process of nailing down her educator lineup for round 10 of Creative at Heart, which I don't know how on earth you have had 10. Like, <laughs> I don't know how. I don't you- either. It's fine. I really don't. Like, it's wild. <laughs> like, I'm literally like, have I even worked 10 days? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> But so without further ado, I know that we've already had her on the show, so I'm not going to do like the whole long intro. She's awesome. Just know that. But Kat, I'm going to turn it over to you if you want to just share like a little bit, just like a mini intro about yourself. Y'all, I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me, Laylee. This is so fun. So as Laylee said, I'm Kat. I am the founder of Creative at Heart. I'm also a wedding planner, um, but obviously we're going to really talk a lot about what I do with Creative at Heart on this particular episode in terms of selecting educators, whether it's educators for our membership community or educators for our in-person experience. We have an annual conference every year, and I really am literally in the thick right now. Like I stopped working on selecting educators to jump on this podcast interview. (laughs) And then I'll go back to doing that after this interview is done. So I'm very much in the thick of going through applications and emails that we've received from educators pitching to be a part of our in-person experience. This is our 10th round. So we've we've done this a good bit and I'm excited to talk about this. I do think this is such a necessary topic and we don't talk about it enough. So yeah, it's going to be a good, good time. Yay. I'm so excited. Okay. So We're just going to jump right in because these are such bite-sized episodes and I feel like we have so much to talk about. Okay. So overall, if you could tell us like, because this is your 10th time selecting a lineup of speakers, what do you look for? And I know that's a really open-ended vague question. So maybe like give us the top three things that you look for when you're selecting speakers. Great question. So for with Creative at Heart, we do not actually do the traditional call for educators. I know some in-person experiences do that, and that's great if it works well for them. I assume it does, you know, when they like continually, you know, do a call for educators. We do have an application. Um, it's on our contact page on our website. So when we get inquiries um, for potential educators, we send them to that application. So then when I'm looking for potential educators, I look at that application. I also just have an email folder saved from various pitches that we have received. So I wanted to start off by like sharing that just because I know that um, that could potentially be a little bit different based on the process that you're going through as an educator. And for me, there's a couple of things I look for. I love when our alumni pitch to be an educator. It's not a requirement. Somebody does not have to attend the conference and then they automatically become an educator or vice versa. However, I just, I love it. It makes me feel like they really did love their time at Creative at Heart. And now they're excited to give back to the community on the educator side of things 
things versus the attendee side of things. It also makes me feel like they truly understand our brand. So that would be the second thing that I really look for is how well do they know our brand? How well is their brand aligning with our brand? Um, so maybe that's just in things they flat out said in their email pitch, like, I know your brand is about X, Y, and Z. My brand is not, like, tell me flat out, like how do the brands align? And then also how am I seeing that on their website, on their Instagram and in their Insta story and really understanding that they have the same heart that we do for education in our industry. So that's super, super important to me. And the third thing I look for is, of course, the content. I want to know that they're an expert in the area that they're pitching to speak on. So whether it's they have passive products in that um, area, they blog about it, they Insta story about it, um, they're just showcasing, hey, I'm an expert. This is what I can give to the community, and this is how I can give back to the community. That is awesome. Yeah, I feel like it's really interesting that you brought up that you guys don't really put out an official call for educators because I do think that that is something, well, really, I mean, all of this is different event by event, I'm sure, but I just, I love that. I think the overall like alignment is the same for all speaking events. So I, but I do think it's really interesting seeing the difference between a call for educators versus like putting out an application versus specifically only asking people. Because for example, with my next level retreat that I hosted so small, that I try so hard to be really intentional about the two or three educators that I bring in. And I still do have people pitch and apply and ask if I'm putting out a call for educators, but obviously on that small of a scale, that's not really like our MO, but it, it is just so interesting to see event to event, the difference there. Absolutely. And I have done, so last year is a great example. After round eight, we received a lot of feedback from our edge or our attendees from round eight asking for financially specific breakout sessions for the next conference. Like that was their huge pain points in their business that they really wanted to see at round nine. So as I was planning for round nine, I knew I wanted to have several different financially based sessions, whether that's, you know, financial planning, bookkeeping, things like that. So I did actually put out on Insta story, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. If you are an educator under this umbrella, please email me. Like this is a need that I have. So I have reached out about very specific, like niche topics. I just don't do a, a broad, like, okay, calls are open for the next week. Like that sort of thing. I love that. I think it really does speak as well to the fact that like, I think a lot of times people who want to become speakers think, oh, I'll just pitch like 20 different topics and hope that they pick me for one of them. But it, I, I do think that it's really important to have like a few signature things that you are known for, that you're respected in. How do you feel about that? Wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, on our application, actually, we say like, what is your sign? Like, what would be the signature talk? And then we they can give us several, you know, because again, what if that one is taken? You know, like I already have somebody on SEO, so tell me some other talks that you might have up your sleeve. But I I don't want. I get it that some people really can speak about a wide array of things, but I, I want to know like, you know, what's your area? Like what really is this expertise that you have? What can you bring to the table that's different from another educator? So I think it is really important to have those content pillars in your business and to know what the signature talks would be. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. So I love this question. I'm really excited to ask you, what <laughs> is the wrong way to pitch or is there a wrong way to pitch you as the director, as the creator, as the head honcho. I can't believe I just said the words head honcho, but I, 
I'm going to keep going. That's fine. I think it's like Devil Wears Prada or something. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Totally. As the Miranda Priestly of of your conference, what is the wrong way to pitch you? I love this question. Okay. I have a couple of opinions (laughs) on this one. First of all, I do not like pitches via DM. I think that DM is a really wonderful way to make connections and to reach out and um, to get your brand and your face in front of other conferences. Like I love seeing people who like our, you know, Insta story or respond to that. Like when I ask a question, they're the ones to respond. Like, yes, I want to make Instagram social, but I do not want to read your pitch in an Instagram. Um, I'm not in the mindset to sort through pitches. I can't save that for when I want to come back and look at it when I'm you know, sourcing educators at the time, it disappears. So even though it's a great way to be social and to make connections with the conference or the workshop or the retreat that you're looking to speak at, please do not use it to pitch all of your signature talks. It's very stressful for me. So I just have to put that one out there first. I'm so glad that you said that because even like my very intimate retreat that only has room for 10 people, I, when I post stories about it so often, I have a lot of educators who obviously we follow each other. We're very social on Instagram. We reach out and are like, Oh, I would love to speak. Like, how do I do it? Like, can I do it? Like, can I come? And I'm like, like you said, Hey, I can't keep track. So DMs come and go. There's hundreds of DMs that I answer a day. And on top of that, just being in the mindset of, of being in a social place, it does put the conference host or the event host in a really awkward position of being like, well, I want to be social and I want to be friends, but I don't want to like say yes or no right now. And Absolutely. it's different if you're sending the DM to say, Hey, I'd love to apply. How do I do that? Of course that I want to answer. I want to send you exactly where I want you to go. I want to share my email, that sort of thing. So that I think is completely appropriate. It's just when it goes more, when it becomes more than that, that it's just a lot to take in in a DM. Absolutely. Like that full pitch is just, it's, it's almost a waste of time for the person pitching. So, and also I just think, I mean, we could, we could talk about Instagram all day, but like it does tend to blur the line of professionalism because you Mm -hmm. want to be social, but like, I want those people to also show that they can professionally draft an email and (laughs) (laughs) yes, it's really hard for me when I get pitched in person, it's awkward to like, for lack of a better way to say that it's just, it's really, it's really hard. Um, it's happened at our conferences before it's happened when I've spoken at or attended other workshops and retreats and I'm, you know, meeting other educators or attendees at those experiences. And then they pitched me right there. Um, A, it's uncomfortable. I mean, you all know, it's just, you're in person. You don't have any, you're not mentally prepared to be able to like process through what that could be. You're also, again, going back to even the DM, you're not in the mindset of looking at those pitches and assessing like what's going to work for the next round of the conference. And so I'm kind of thrown off a little bit. I think it's completely appropriate when people say, like, Hey, I'd love to be a part of creative. Like, can can I reach out via email? Like, how can I do that? Like do that in person. And then I'll say, yes, here's my email. Like we can have a little mini brainstorm about it and then send it to email. But it's hard when it's like this full fledged shark tank episode in a sense, like, and they come up and do it. And I just, (laughs) no, I don't know what to do with my hands. I just don't know what to do with my facial expressions. It's very, very difficult. (sighs) Oh my gosh. Like setting that stage for me was hilarious. (laughs) I can totally see it because I almost want to equate it. Like, as you were saying it, I felt like it's 
it's almost like somebody coming up and be like, Hey, can I come to your party next weekend? Like, like, you know, and you've, and and that's the thing is for me, I never, and I like very prayerfully like consider our educators. Um, and I never want it to feel like you can't sit with us. Like I never want it to be like, this is a club and you're not good enough or you're not whatever enough. There are so many different factors that go into selecting the educators um, that we choose for every single round. And I know, I feel like all the conference hosts of the world can say amen to that. Like there's just so many different factors that go into it. And so that's where the in-person can just, I don't want it to feel like I'm just like shutting you down in person. I don't want it to feel like a mean girl thing. I do think that it's strategic for you as an educator to connect with the conference host when you're at that specific conference or you see that host at another conference and you know, like, Oh, that's what she does. Like, I would love to be an educator. Like I want to meet people in person. I want the social and like community aspect of it. But again, it's just like making sure you navigate those like potentially awkward waters well in person. So you start that conversation and maybe make the relationship start to bloom and then reach out to them afterward via email. Like, Hey, I know we just chatted last week at um, next level. I know we just chatted at a loom, like whatever it might be. And then, and then I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's right. I did talk to her. She was so sweet. We talked about blah, 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 blah. And it continues that relationship as we then start talking about educator information. I love that. I think it's so important to like set a foundation and set a relationship for relationship's sake. And then you can always build on the foundation and build on that relationship by doing like a professional pitch Yes. email or however the application. So tell me, tell us if you're willing to share kind of the best and worst pitches you've received so that people can kind of have an example of what to follow in the best and what to avoid in the worst. So best pitches I have received have some sort of video aspect to them. Love this. It's one of my favorite things. Um, I know some of y'all out there listening may follow Jessica Rasdell, or if you're not, you should follow her because she is just great when it comes to helping people pitch to potential conference hosts and like solidifying your signature talks to pitch. One of the things that she talks about is never pitching in the initial email to the conference host, like really starting that relationship first and then moving forward with a pitch like later. I can go either way on it, honestly. Like I have had educators pitch the very first time I've ever heard of them or I've gotten an email from them, but when it's done with video content in there and with that like heart behind it, it's super well received by me. Video content can be like y'all a super short, like 45 second to one minute like video it just I'm not talking you know that you need to have this 10 minute like presentation outlined that you're like sending over to the conference host with all of the points of your presentation it's really just for me to see your face and hear your voice and get to know your heart and like read between the lines of your email through the video so the video is always so powerful for me and I love when I get educator pitches that include some sort of like video aspect to it I also love when I get educator pitches that name drop a little bit, which this might seem a, seem a little interesting to say. So let me like clarify. Um, if I've never heard of an educator, the first thing I want to do is figure out who is this person. So I'm going to go to their website. I'm going to go to their social media. I want to know who they are because creative at heart specifically is so community and like heart oriented. I care immensely about the heart that our educators have for community and for others. So even though I'm looking on Instagram and your website, 
I mean, y'all know you can put whatever you want out there. Like, is that really your heart? Is that really like who you say you are? Like, I mean, I hope so, but I, I don't know for sure because I've never met you in person. So when I've had an educator reach out or potential educator reach out and say, Hey Kat, Caitlin James mentioned that I should reach out to you, blah, 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 blah. I was talking to Laylee the other day when I was at United, blah, blah, and they're like, so like kind of subtly putting in these people that they know I'm connected with. I'm going to text Caitlin. I'm going to text Laylee. I want to know, Hey, you know, this person, right? Like, what do you think? What are your thoughts? And it allows me to get to know that person even more. Cause it's almost like they're giving me referrals in a really subtle way by doing that via the email. So I really love when potential educators do that too. Yeah. I think that's such great advice. Honestly, it's, I think people are so hesitant to name drop. And I think it is really important. Like you said, to think of that, that quote unquote name drop as a reference, because I have had my name put out there in like the podcasting world when people are applying to be on a different podcast that they know I have a connection, but I might not know that person very well at all. And almost every time I'm asked like, Oh, Susie Q put your name down and mentioned you like, do you, do you recommend her? And I'm a hundred percent honest. So if I know them really well and you know, they should have said my name. I'm like, yeah, definitely. But I have had it also happen the other way too, where I'm like, I met them once in passing. I can't really like speak to their skills. They were nice though. And so just kind of like being careful there. But I I love the idea of having references because I think it's really important as a host to like be able to check into the people that are applying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I want to know as much as I can, you know, because I want to, I want to say yes and wholeheartedly have no reservations about like the yes that I'm offering the educator. And so to have additional like referrals and references is super, super helpful. I love that. Okay. And then what is the worst pitch that you've ever received? Worst pitches I've ever received besides the, you know, if it's done in DM or in person, it's got the awkward like factor. If we're talking like a pitch via email, it's really hard for me when it seems super salesy. Like, you know, just um, hit reply with yes. And we'll be on like, and I'll be there. So I don't know, just, it's like, this is too forward. This is too salesy. Like just can we like get to know each again, going back to like, can we get to know each other for a hot second before we jump to like, I'm on your sales page and I have to like click the bright red button at the bottom before this offer expires. Um, I don't want it to feel like that. So I think there's a way to approach the conference host or retreat host that just maybe feels a little bit more genuine and kind of cut out some of that, like the urgency scarcity tactic of your email. Yeah. I mean, I think that there is, there's just a line that you want to walk and balance between professionalism and being kind of cold and, you know, just like over the top. I think that you can still be professional and be warm and be heartfelt and be genuine versus being thinking that you're being extra professional just by being really cold and like tactical, I think. is Absolutely. Absolutely. I also think that I have a really interesting perspective because I also educate. So I've pitched before and I'm reading pitches. And then I'm also, as the conference host, pitching my conference to certain educators. So like I'm doing all three of those things. Saying no and receiving no are both equally hard in my opinion. Like I have been turned down from conferences that I have pitched at to speak. And of course it's hard. Like that's an email nobody wants to receive. Or maybe you apply and it's one of those where it's like we only email those that we accept. So then you like never hear back now. Like, well, yes, I wasn't picked. Like that stinks. Like it really is hard, but it's also hard to be the one saying like, 
no, I'm sorry, this isn't a good fit for whatever reason. So I try to like just remember that and have like clarity when I'm thinking through, okay, this is how they're feeling on the other side of the screen. This is how I'm feeling. And so I guess I appreciate when it, it almost seems like somebody shows that in their email to me, you know, like, I know you've got a lot going on. Like, please, you know, let me know when you have time. I don't just not quite so like respond with yes. And then we'll move forward. I'm like, no, but like, I need, like, I need to think about this. And I'm like weighing a lot of different things. And the like type two in me comes out so strong and I like, don't want to hurt their feelings, but I'm also trying to figure out a wide variety of different things for, on our conference plate. So yeah, it's just interesting to navigate that. Yeah. That's really fun. When you, when you brought up the, the type two and you comes out when you were, before you said that, I was like, yeah, I, I really actually would say that depending on your personality type, it could be even more difficult as a host to say no than it is as somebody who has also been rejected from many engagements, probably equal to the ones that I've gotten over the past five years. It's like, as whenever I have to say no to somebody, it is so difficult. Like it tears me up. And so I think that that's easy to kind of overlook. It feels like the person in charge is like, it doesn't affect them, but it does. And so I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. So I would love to hear just maybe like a couple of pieces of advice that you would give somebody who is like maybe preparing to pitch or maybe even just tossing the the idea around of applying to speak for the first time, or maybe they've been speaking for a while, but they want to kind of like change where they're speaking at just kind of like your general advice, a couple of action steps that people can take to better their chances of booking speaking engagements. First piece of advice that I would say is to make sure that the signature talks that you are pitching, you have content to back them up on your social platforms. So whether that's blog post content, you know, that you have, it doesn't, I'm not saying this has to be something that you publish um, last week and then the next week, you know, you're pitching this week. No, it can be things that you've had over the course of your business, but I want as a host, hosts want to know that you are actually speaking about this topic on a regular basis. So making sure that you have that content out there. It can be simple things like Insta story. Like maybe you are speaking on content marketing. Like that's one of your signature talks. So you jump on Insta story and you share tips for content marketing and you save those to an Insta story highlight. And over the last few months, you've just been slowly building that up. And now you have this Insta story highlight that's content marketing tips. And then you pitch to me to speak on content marketing. I'm going to see that highlight on your Instagram. I'm going to click on it. I want to see a, how are you talking? Like, how do you talk and do you teach that information on video and um, how valid is that information? How recent is that information? It's just helpful to know that you're sharing about that content actively. So definitely make sure that the content that you are interested in sharing as a signature talk is content that you have um, as just a baseline in your business. I also would really encourage you to be social with the um, conferences and retreats that you are interested in speaking at, whether it's attending, whether it's meeting up with that host at another event, or just, again, reaching out via DM, just not with a pitch, but just, you know, reaching out to say hello and to, like, respond back to things. I remember that. Um, We have an educator coming up for our 10th round who she had invited me on her podcast last year. We started connecting on Instagram. Like, it was, nothing was about, like, pick me, pick me. It was truly just, we're just connecting. And I really loved what she has to offer. She's now coming as a breakout leader. So I feel like that's a super organic way to begin relationships with people before getting right to like this salesy, like I can help you. Here's how you can help me conversation. So I highly recommend doing that as well. 
it also, it, it, with that too, I don't want you guys to feel like you have to go to like 25 conferences in 2020 in order to start speaking at them. Be strategic, be super intentional, whether it's experiences that align with your heart, experiences that align just with your interests. And you're like, hey, I'm an introvert. I like the smaller. I want to go to one that has 10 attendees. Maybe you're like, no, I want to go to one that has 150, whatever it might be. Like maybe make a list of three to five that are super ideal for you and your brand. And those are the ones you're going to like try, like really put in extra effort versus feeling like you have to spread yourself so thin and go to like 20 to 25 of them. That is super, super helpful. Thank you so much for sharing those tips. I feel like um, so often it can feel really overwhelming for people to kind of like know where to start. So I love that you even said like, you don't have to go to 25 things. You don't have to right. pitch yourself. And in fact, like that can burn you out so quickly that you might not, you might stop before you even really start. And absolutely. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. And then honestly, I feel like a lot of what we said were, I, I, I don't even know that they're unpopular opinions, but they're strong opinions. But do you have an unpopular opinion about becoming a speaker or pitching yourself to speak? Um, I know that you've been really candid already. So if you can think of anything else, <laughs> this is your chance to get extra sassy. <laughs> um, all right. I'll get a little sassy just because it's you. Unpopular opinion. You do not have to be an educator to be successful. It doesn't mean that you've made it in your business. If you are pitching and you're speaking at conferences, some of y'all might be listening to this and thinking like, man, I really have no desire to speak at conferences or retreats or whatever they might be. That's okay. You don't have to do that. I feel like our industry puts so much pressure on the next step is, oh, you have to be an educator. You have to be teaching. You have to be giving away this content. But if that's not your heart, then don't do it. So really just sit down and figure out like, what is your vision for your business and what do you want to put out there? And if you don't want to educate, do not do it. Amen, sister. Like you, you guys can't see me, but I'm literally like snapping and like doing like the praise hands emoji or whatever. I, I truly wholeheartedly agree. I think because it is so... I, I mean, it's not even that it's encouraged. It's just that we feel in this industry that that might be the next step. It's like the sexy thing to do. Like, oh, you're an educator now. And it's like, I mean, yes, but it, I mean, it's also a lot of work and a lot of time away from your family and your business. Like there's so many like cons to it as well, like pros and cons, you know? And I say that as somebody who does speak and teach and, and share information out there, I just, I don't want us to put so much pressure on something if it's not really aligning with our heart and what we want to do. Absolutely. And honestly, that's what leads, I think, to having the quality of the education kind of drop down because people are just pursuing it to pursue it. Yes. And so, and that's, I mean, that's honestly like the heart behind why I started the Creative Educator Academy was to be able to teach the people who really should be teaching right. how to do it even better. So um, I appreciate that opinion. And it, I love, it was like the perfect amount of sass because it's 100% true. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. I always love chatting with you. I'm sure that we'll have you back on for round three of podcasts. <laughs> You're awesome. Okay, so where can people find you? Um, all right, y'all, this was so fun. So Creative at Heart Instagram is Creative at Heart. We actually launch all of our round 10 details on the 30th of this month, January 30th. It's our big day. I'm so excited. Um, and then my personal Instagram is Catch Moyer. So if y'all have questions, want to connect more, just chat, like, please reach out. Um, my email is hello at catchmoyer.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And definitely connect with her. She's super fun on Instagram. Um, just don't pitch her. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kat. Thanks, Lily. 
For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.